Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Counseling On Demand. Here's your own private therapist. Anywhere, anytime. Fred Riley. Welcome to Counseling On Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. It's good to have you aboard here. Yep, your own personal therapist. I, I tell you what, uh, you're trapped in a car, maybe listening to this. You might uh, That might be a scary endeavor, listening to me. But here we go. Got a lot of good things to talk about, a lot of good ideas. And uh, hopefully uh, what we talk about in these episodes will be a benefit to you. So today, we're going to be talking about Ansi Pants. Ansi Pants is a name I'm giving to a particular client that I had that was Ansi. Um, she literally was Ansi. I mean, she could... Uh, run about five or six sewing machines by herself just with the pedals, you know, with her legs and at the same time be simultaneously uh, solving all the world's problems, but not really, right? Terrible anxiety. So we're going to talk about this gal and uh, the anxiety that she had and then talk a little bit about uh, a meeting I had with her today that was just absolutely phenomenal. It's one of those moments, right, where you work really hard uh, in your profession or whatever. You have something that's really difficult, and you know it can work, but it takes time. And today was just one of those moments where really we got to see um, this gal. As a matter of fact, the, she used two words. Today she explained her release from that anxiety as peace and freedom. And uh, I tell you what, those words, not relief. Relief is good. But she said peace and freedom. And it was really neat to see her talk about that and listen to herself. So a little bit of background on her. So Ansi Pants is this gal. She's a little bit older, has a couple daughters. And I actually saw her daughters. And I tell you what, anxiety, you know, you could like, uh, if you, like, what I used to tell them is, you know, I could walk in with milk and some chocolate and, and with all the anxiety and so forth, they can make a shake just by me standing there, right? Just all that nervous energy. I told them they ought to start up a company of milkshakes. They just hold on to the glass and it kind of stirs itself. And uh, I tell you what, you feel the floor vibrating, just so much energy feeding off each other. And I actually worked with her two daughters for a little bit. And uh, she finally came in with some life changes. And I tell you what, uh, they had some bad anxiety, but this uh, this gal was experiencing anxiety as if she was having a heart attack, as if um, one of her kids ran away. She was experiencing through her worries all these things that could happen based on evidence that she, what if she was a bad mom? That was where a lot of her anxiety was stirring. 
I tell you what, she was she's skinny. Why? She burned calories. She was just getting a workout. She wasn't sleeping. Her eyes are moving all over the place, just evaluating and rehearsing, you know, looking for information to what she called look to help her be a better mom. But the anxiety would have her read uh, a book on how she's not being a good mom, and here's more evidence. And so not eating, very, very, uh, very, very concerned about her kids, uh, taking things very personal because her anxiety told her she wasn't a good mom, and so her kids couldn't say anything. And, of course, she's just kind of stuck in the house, almost kind of petrified. Have you ever been so anxious that you just can't move, right? Whether it's a test or, or something like that, or me, I get pulled over by a cop, and they're like, you know, you need to grab this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm petrified. I can't even move, right? Well, then they start doing a field sobriety test on you and call you oppositional, right? So not a good time to freeze up. But the idea is she was so worked up, she couldn't sleep. She couldn't communicate with her husband. She couldn't, and this is another word that she used, present. She couldn't be present. Today, she talked about several experiences over the last month where she got to be present. It was so neat to watch. So the story of this gal is a lot of anxiety, kids with anxiety, kids doing things, her children rather, and her husband doing things that did not match that perfect template that she had. Have Most of you, right, you look at marriage, you look at children, and the template you had of marriage, the template you had of almost anything doesn't quite match up. And her anxiety was really built around this idea that the difference between what she thought marriage would look like or motherhood would look like was inevitably her fault. So she carried a lot of worry. She, I mean, this this is a gal that uh, was guilty of every crime under the sun. Even though she wasn't, she experienced that. Like I said, poor appetite, poor attitude sometimes, exhausted, difficulty sleeping, difficulty paying attention, being present, increased heart rate. And, you know, when she came in and I saw her, uh, she was... She had two modes. One was completely petrified, right? Because I was going to tell her what a terrible mom she was. She was just ready for it. And then she had this other mode where she, I call it what ifing. What if this? What if that? What if this? And no sooner did she share a, a what if, you could see her mind was working into another one. And the idea is you've been there probably, right? She was becoming the worst grandma for a child that didn't even exist yet. Her son or her daughter's choices were a result of hers. And ultimately, the kids start to get frustrated because she's assuming. Do you do that when you get anxious? She's assuming that there's going to be a poor decision. The kids are experiencing a mom that doesn't trust them. Does she not trust them? Sure, she trusts them. But what she trusts more is her anxiety. So that's a little bit of background on this gal. We're going to talk a little bit about this transition she made into a place where We've gone weeks now on her own, and she was able to come back and report these words, present, peace, and I forgot the other word. She was present, uh, peace, um, and then whatever word I said at the beginning of the podcast, I can't remember what it was. Oh, free, freedom. So we're going to talk about uh, what went on there, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment to talk about more about Nancy Banks. Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. 
Today we're talking about Ansi Pants. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I think she listens to these podcasts, and I tell you what, that would be interesting. Uh, I wonder what other names I can come up with, and uh, you know what? I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Ansi Pants, uh, she's going to be okay. Her anxiety is in a great place. So today, we gave a little bit of background in this uh, first part of this episode. So today, remember, I talked about how she came in and uh, freedom or free, right? Peace, right? And present. And it was really cool to see the clarity. Her eye contact was great. Her words came out nice and clear. She was opinionated. It was awesome. She she said no to a couple people like a neighbor and to her son, and she never would have done that, right? And the pastor anxiety said, if you say no, you're letting this person down. You need to be responsible for this. You need to pass this message along. And if you say no, then you're a burden, right? And it was so fun today to watch her say no in certain situations and feel the relief of being able to do things and not feel like she's letting other people down. She was like a little kid. It was really cool to watch just uh, how much fun she had. And as a matter of fact, I saw her a month ago, and that session was about 20 minutes as opposed to 50 to an hour because she was already headed the right direction there. By the way, if you're seeing a therapist, that's something to keep in mind is, you know, the therapist, no sooner do you start to kind of flap your wings and grow – Ask them to, you know, make sure you get that distance. The thing that she valued the most, I think the thing that was most valuable to her was uh, that short session a month ago, and that gave her kind of a vote of uh, approval and confidence, and it threw her in the deep end of the pool, and tell you what, she just she just mastered it. And so when we taught today, it was again, it was another 20-minute session. Why do that? Well, why do more than that? The uh, idea is just because we have an hour doesn't mean we need to have that, especially if her anxiety is doing so well. So, and then, by the way, she got to own all that work, right? All the work, all the stories, all examples of her managing her anxiety were from her. They weren't from some type of coaching or, or input from me. So that was really neat. So what was she doing? You know, saying no is okay. And the idea is, no does not mean anything. So one of the techniques we talk about is the outcome of what you're doing feels like it means something, but it doesn't. Okay. So the idea is we went back with her and talked about the extent to what she cares. The extent, her anxiety was evidence of motherhood, caring, all those different things. And so what we did is an exercise in practicing, her practicing saying no and not holding on to responsibility for the meaning, right? Like this means I'm a bad mom or this means my daughter's going to go off and do this, that, or the other. So one of the things she did, and it was very hard for her, was learning to say no. Also learning to do one task at a time. You know, in her mind, her anxiety said, if you're a good mom, a good spouse, all these different things, then you need to cook, you need to do this, and so on and so forth. And the anxiety would build up from there because she wasn't present. So another thing she practiced was, you know what, I'm okay to do cookies right now. I'm okay to be focused on the present. As a matter of fact, if I stay in the present, then when I'm with a child or I'm with somebody, right, I am literally with them versus trying to be with them and with somebody else. So she also worked on being present, being okay, you know what, I'm not letting anybody down. If there's anybody that worries about letting people down, it's going to be me. So I'm going to stay present. I'm going to be focused here. And I'm going to see if that brings my anxiety down. 
by learning that when I go to that other task, indeed, guess what? Things are okay. As a matter of fact, they're better than she thought. So those are a couple things that she worked on. We can go into more detail in another podcast on that. But the other thing that we had her work on is this idea with anxiety. I want you to think about this too, is this idea of what's mine. In her mind, everything was hers, right? Have you ever had that feeling where you feel like if you care, so on and so forth, everything is yours. If you're supportive, if you're mindful, then everything is yours. And uh, what I did with hers, I had her do these exercises where she evaluated what was hers and what wasn't. And uh, it was interesting to watch her as she labeled things in her life that were hers. And it was like for the first time, her eyes would kind of get stuck. And uh, I'd ask her, so tell me why that's yours. And she would have no idea. The idea is that she thought everything was hers. So as she went through and said, okay, what are these responsibilities? What are these things? What's mine? What's not mine? Right? And what role do I play and what is mine and what's not? And then we loosened up the gauge there in terms of the parameters of performance. So we hypothesized that if you take only responsibility for the things that are yours, you're going to have the leftover energy and input to fall within certain parameters and judge intellectually what you need to do to contribute. We decided that one of her needs was definitely to contribute, and that kind of is the opposite of anxiety. So those really quickly, that's just brief ideas of some things that we did. If you experience anxiety, I tell you what, it can be debilitating. It can be paralyzing. I've had people, you know, in the fetal position in my office. It can have you frantic. It can keep you up at night. If you're experiencing anxiety, uh, panic attacks, any of those types of things, I tell you what, get help for it. You know, people say that they have panic attacks for no reason, or they say that they they shouldn't be anxious and so on and so forth. I have never worked with anybody where their anxiety didn't make sense. There's always a reason for the anxiety. I saw something on Instagram that said, you know, anxiety, you have to accept it's a lifelong condition. That's not true. It's not a lifelong condition. As a matter of fact, if you want to be anxious then you accept the idea that anxiety is a lifelong condition. So the idea here is, okay, you're experiencing those things. There is a reason whether you can find it or not, and you can get on top of it. You should have seen, I I wish you could have seen this gal. As a matter of fact, I played a little trick on her. She was doing so good with her anxiety. I said, you know what, we need to test your anxiety Uh, I said, you've done really well. We need to take it to the next level. And of course, that got her anxiety going a little bit. But listen to this response from her. This never would have happened a few months ago. So I told her, you know, I said, you are doing so well with your anxiety. I think people would benefit from what you've learned. And she's looking at me like her anxiety is going up. And she's like, okay, I'm going to see where he's going here. And so I told her I was starting up a... uh, kind of a presentation type deal where we we go around, you know, get on stage, make all kinds of money, right, hopefully, uh, to present on anxiety, to present on different things. And I told her I wanted her to be my first partner in that. And uh, those of you that know me, I can hold a pretty straight face. And so she's trying to read me. And I said, so what do you think about that? I know that might cause you some anxiety, but what do you think about this idea of going on tour and, yeah, you'll be on stage and stuff, but you have the skill set. You'll be good. And uh, what do you think? What Are you in or are you not in? And uh, she looked at me and she just said no. And then she loved, you should have seen the look on her on her face. 
She said no. She was not able to say no in the past. In the past, she would have agreed to that and then gone home and not slept for days. The idea is, okay, she got to a place where she gets to decide what she focuses on. She gets to decide what's important. She doesn't not take not have to take on the responsibility of other people. So if you sound or feel like you sound or experience things like this, go talk to somebody and work on that anxiety. I am Fred Riley. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Keep in mind that we are on Instagram at Riley Counseling and that we'll be doing more broadcasts there. And you can always find us on Riley or on Counseling On Demand. 